essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome back to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 16. I hope you enjoyed episode number 15 with news and views of WWE over the last couple weeks, plus our time warp adventure back to this day in history of for July in wrestling. This is our independent wrestling edition where we'll look at the Super Showdown coming up on August 26th for Smash Wrestling. We'll take a trip over to the Tyson Dukes Wrestling School and meet Jim Strider and today's superstar of the day, the birthday girl from London, Ontario, Violet Lee. Speaking of talent from London, Ontario, we finally catch up with Cody Deaner to discuss his career and what he's doing now, plus his giver for charity. To finish things off, we'll take a look back at Impact Wrestling's Slammiversary, which happened in Toronto, along with previewing the All In event, StarCast, and Chris Jericho's Cruise. Thank you for joining me, and we'll be right back after these messages. It's the best day of your life, because the realest guy in the room is coming to the 5th Annual London Comic Con. Meet wrestling superstar and rapper Eric Arndt, formerly known as Enzo Amore, now known as The Real One, appearing Saturday and Sunday. The 5th Annual London Comic Con, presented by Start.ca, happens this October 26th and 28th at the Western Fair Agriplex. It's a three-day celebration of art, comics, and pop culture with celebrity guests, vendors, and more. Southwestern Ontario's largest fan event. Come meet from Star Trek The Next Generation, Marina Sirtis, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, James Marsters, Ted Raimi from Xena Warrior Princess, the Yellow Peril Ranger, Serena Vincent, the young Boba Fett from Star Wars Episode Two, Daniel Logan, from They Live, David Keith, from They Live, Keith David. Mr. McFreely from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, David Newell. And former UFC star and WWF Intercontinental Champion, Ken Shamrock. Plus more announcements still to come. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more information, go to londoncomiccon.ca. Thanks to super partners, Start.ca, M&T Printing, Lens Mill Stores, Heroes Comics, Toboggan Brewing, Western Fair District, and media partners, London's Best Rock, FM96, Classic Rock, Free 98.1, and Fanatics. London Comic Con, October 26th to 28th. 
short, you slop. They calling me pop. I'm rolling in beers, riding around, I beat up July. They know I'm pros when I cop, but they are just not. I'm up in the club, stacking the dumps, and stuck in a lot. I'm hot like sauce. You soft like balsa. You ain't heard of me? Hey, it's Jody Thread, and you're listening to Scumbag Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Independent Wrestling Report featuring Smash Wrestling. Right now, it seems to be a little bit of a quiet time going on with Smash as they're gearing up for the biggest show of the summer. It's August 26th, 2018th at the... Hey everyone, this is your independent wrestling news featuring Smash Wrestling. It seems to be really quiet on the Smash Wrestling front right now as everybody's gearing up for Super Showdown 6 happening on August 26th. It is the biggest show of the summer, bar none. Tickets are on sale now. The card is shaping up to be one of the best ones you're going to see from top to bottom. We'll see Daniel Garcia, Brent Banks, Kevin Bennett and John Greed in a four-way match. There'll be a last man standing match as Sebastian Suave and Tarek take their battle to the ultimate level of last man standing. There's a grudge match featuring Kevin Blackwood and Scotty O'Shea. This continues or hopefully finishes the rift they've had since O'Shea tried to control Blackwood and hold a secret over his head. Last year, tag team champions, Well Oiled Machines, faced off against each other as Pepper Parks and Mike Rollins wrestled in a What's in the Box match, which was the match of the year. This year at Super Showdown 6, they teamed together to take on the Super Smash Brothers for the tag team titles in a Boxes, Tables, and Ladders match, a BLT match. So we'll see what comes out of those boxes this year and if the well-oiled machines can retain the titles against the two members of Malice, the Super Smash Brothers. In women's action, last year's May Young Classic participant, Tessa Blanchard, will take on this year's May Young Classic participant, Vanessa Craven. We'd also like to congratulate Vanessa on being chosen to be a part of the women's tournament, which will be starting tomorrow and Thursday in Orlando. Wish her the best, and we'll hopefully see her in the finals at the Evolution pay-per-view in October. Continuing on with the Super Showdown 6 card, for the Smash Wrestling Championship, Joey Janela will represent Malice as he takes on Tyson Dukes, the winner of the Northern Tournament for the vacant title. And finally, in the main event, Jeff Cobb, PCO, and Brody King all face off against each other in Triple Threat main event. Tickets are on sale now, and you can get yours by going to the Smash Wrestling website at smash-wrestling.com. Bell time is 5 p.m. at the Phoenix in Toronto, August 26, 2018. Smash Wrestling is Canada's premier independent wrestling with a unique blend of long-form storytelling that makes 
Smash Wrestling is Canada's premier independent wrestling organization. A unique blend of long-form storytelling that mixes the hottest independent wrestlers from all over the world with the Canadian superstars of tomorrow. Whether you're at a live event or watching on video, Smash Wrestling brings people together to celebrate everything that we love about professional wrestling. Made by wrestling fans for wrestling fans, because it's in our blood. While at their site, be sure to subscribe to their newsletter. You can also check out Smash On Demand, featuring dream matches, including Chris Hero, Matt Cross, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Rhino, Lance Storm, Kyle O'Reilly, Jay Lethal, Rich Swan, Kevin Steen, Alex Shelley, Johnny Gargano, ACH, Christopher Daniels, and many more. You'll also find Unmatched Women's Division featuring Candice LeRae, Portia Perez, Cherry Bomb, Kimberly, Lefisto, Amazing Kong, Christina Von Erie, Vanessa Craven, Courtney Rush, Jessica Havoc, Sandra Bale, Allison Kay, Veta Scott, and Casey Spinelli. Let's not forget about the great tag team action featuring the Young Bucks, the Super Smash Brothers, Drew Golak, and Biff Music, the world's cutest tag team, the Overdogs, GC Product, Paul Lennon and Brian Kendrick, Canadian Ninjas, American War Wolves, and the Well-Oiled Machines. Be sure to catch Smash Wrestling when it comes to your hometown. On August 18th, Smash Wrestling comes to Southside Park in Woodstock, part of Cowapalooza. As already mentioned, Super Showdown 6 happens in Toronto at the Phoenix on August 26th. Then on September 16th, 100 Part 2 happens in Toronto on... As mentioned, you can check out Smash Wrestling Super Showdown 6 on August 26th at the Phoenix. But after that, you can also go to the Pacific Junction Hotel, where the after party will happen, sponsored by Girth Radio. Pacific Junction Hotel has food, beer, cocktails, and jukebox, and arcade foosball. It's awesome. As soon as the teardown is complete, the superstars from the show will be there and the, to meet and greet everybody and finish off the weekend. The Pacific Junction Hotel is located at 234 King Street East in Toronto. It's the official after party of Super Showdown 6. And then, back by popular demand, coming to the rec room in Toronto on 255... And then, by, by popular demand, at the rec room in Toronto, it's 100 Part 2. A live wrestling mystery show, September 16th. And then, on September 16th, back by popular demand, at the rec room in Toronto, 100 Part 2. It's a live wrestling show with a mystery And then, back by popular demand on September 16th, Smash Wrestling presents 102. 
a mystery wrestling show. They can't give away the card, but they can tell you it will be spectacular, and it will be filmed for the Fight Network. On September 23rd, Smash Wrestling returns to the Music Hall in London, Ontario, with a bell time of 5 p.m. It'll be London Vacation, filming for the Fight Network. Already known to appear will be PCO, Pierre Carolette. If And finally, the month of September wraps up with Smash Wrestling returning to the Taste of the Tannery in Kitchener for Don't Test Karma. Smash enjoyed themselves so much in Kitchener that they're coming back and sooner than you thought. Don't miss your chance to see this card as it returns to the Taste of the Tannery on September 30th. Here in... Here in London and the Scumbags Wrestling, we're looking forward to finding out what the actual announcements will be involving Impact Wrestling that were hinted at at the last show here when CZW faced Smash Wrestling. We here at Scumbags Wrestling Podcast have heard a lot of rumblings about what could come out of the announcement made at the Music Hall last month when Smash took on CZW and announced that there's a partnership coming up with Impact Wrestling courtesy of Scott Demore. While that's just rumor and innuendo at the moment, we're just going to leave it there until an official announcement is made by Smash. But once it is, we'll be sure to be the first ones to break it to everybody and get it out there, even if we're just doing a short podcast to make the announcement official. So stay tuned, and we look forward to seeing what happens when Smash and Impact Wrestling meet up in the same ring. If you can't attend a live event, be sure to catch Smash Wrestling every week on Thursday nights at 10 o'clock on the Fight Network. You can also catch Brian Meyer and The Muscle with Muscle Twitch Wednesdays at 9 on Twitch. And right after Smash Wrestling on the Fight Network on Thursdays, you can join Facebook Live and see Scott Hunter tonight at 11 o'clock. The last few weeks, Scott Hunter has been kind of grumpy and threatening to leave when his contract ends. But it seemed to all be a ploy to finally get the pillars of Smash in the ring all at one time. Who knows what will come up next week as Scott Hunter Live happens Thursday night at 11 o'clock on Facebook. For a new segment on the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast, direct from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, it's 
from the production line. A look at the new students that Tyson produces from the factory. We'll ask the questions of how they got started and where they plan on going, what their experience has been, and what their inspirations were. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk to each of his uh, students and get a new profile and see where they start and where their future is. We'll follow up a year later, hopefully, and see where their career has taken them. Already, some of their students have participated in dark matches for Smash Wrestling. And this is Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, and we're continuing at the Tyson Dukes uh, Wrestling Factory with another product of the factory. And right now, I have Jim Strider. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm just great. How are you? Yeah, doing good. I've uh, been hanging out the last couple of weeks and checking you guys out as uh, you guys are doing training, and I know you've uh, had a couple of matches at uh, Smash, and here's, I think your first one was uh, April 29th. Yeah, in Smash. So. Yeah. How was that uh, first experience? It was great. Um, get a little nervous before you go out there, but once you get through the curtain, you know, it all goes away and you're just ready to perform and ready to, to wrestle and put on a good show for the fans. Yeah, as I said to the other guys, uh, it seemed like it was really slow and you could tell that you guys were a little nervous at first and then it just kicked into another gear and then you guys just went with the rest of it and got a huge standing ovation, which was awesome. Yeah, it was great. So. Uh, What's your earliest memories of wrestling and what got you hooked on it? Uh, my earliest memories of wrestling, uh, I was probably about three or four, and I just used to wrestle with my dad, like at home. Like I would just put on a headband and wristbands like a wrestler and, and just wrestle in the living room and jump off the couch at him and stuff. And I used to watch um, guys like the Ultimate Warrior back, you know, I'd sit on the couch and we'd watch old school uh, back when it was WWF and WCW and all those classic guys. and uh, yeah, So it was, it was in your house and not uh, just yeah. something you discovered on your own and parents were like, oh, my dad actually, My dad actually off. really liked it. Um, he went to uh, WrestleMania, actually, and uh, he, he was a wrestling fan, and uh, I watched it with him as a kid, and I got into it as well. Awesome. Uh, so I would imagine that was a, inspired you to uh, want to pursue uh, getting into the business and coming to the school? Uh, Kind of. I mean, it wasn't honestly until the Hardy Boys came out that I was like, man, I'd love to do that. That looks like a blast. Like That was when I I was probably 11 or 12, like in the early 2000s, back when like Matt Hardy was doing Mattitude and stuff. And I remember seeing that and really thinking like, man, that'd be so cool if I could do that. I used to joke about doing it over the years, kind of test it out, see what people thought. Hey, it wouldn't be funny if I tried wrestling. And oftentimes people looked at me like I was crazy, but uh, the right opportunity uh, came along and it was the right time in my life. And I signed up here at the Wrestling Factory. Definitely uh, some good guys to look at uh, with the Hardy Boys as inspiration. Uh, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels is also another inspiration for others in yeah. here. So yeah. that's a good spectrum between that and obviously a good uh, choice for you to come here. Uh, so other than the uh, match on April 29th when you were in uh, the music hall, mm-hmm. what are some of your other highlights been? Um, we went up to North Bay. We did a match up in North Bay for Northland Wrestling, um, Border Town in Fort Erie. Uh, we did some super. We just did a super kick show on Saturday, which was a lot of fun. Um, we did Barry Wrestling, which was that was a blast. Uh, that's a good company there. They're all really nice guys. Everybody we've worked for, wrestled for, have been great. Um, the scene around here is really thriving, I think, right now. 
and it's a great time to kind of be coming into the the industry and, and working right now. So have you had matches with anybody outside of uh, the school or if it, your match has just been basically with the guys you're training with right now? Uh, the majority of them have been with the guys we've been training with. Uh, the Super Kick show we worked, uh, it was a six-man match and we worked three of us against three of the uh, Super Kick guys, so that was a lot of fun. So a different style there. Yeah, instead different of, style, yeah. Instead of always what you're learning here, mm -hmm. you had uh, guys that with their own different Yeah, with their own styles, style. and yeah, it was really fun putting it together. Okay, so how would you describe your training here at the uh, factory? First few months, grueling. Letting your body adjust to taking the bumps to the physical strain of wrestling. It was grueling. There were days I couldn't sit up in bed because my neck was so sore. Your neck muscles have to strengthen your whole back. Uh, now it's just fun. I look forward to it every day. Um, I've got the conditioning down, I've got the, uh, my body's conditioned, my, my cardio's up to speed, so now it's just fun. I just like to come in and, and be creative and, and kind of, it's like you're playing, you know what I mean? It takes me right back to that living room when I was a kid, it's, it's a blast. The bumps don't hurt as much no, now? No, the bumps and... don't hurt, no, you, you're callous to it, it's, it's, yeah. it's good. And so you're kind of the a big guy of uh, the whole class. Is that yeah. uh, any difference for you, uh, how you present yourself compared to some of the other members? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you get into the ring, a lot of the smaller guys, they'll be agile and, and, and they'll hit stuff like step-up ranas and top rope drop kicks, whereas for me, I try to stay big and intimidating and uh, um, more physically imposing in the ring, not as agile or Ground fast. Game. Yeah, but I, I do try to, I, do, I don't want to be a, a slow, kind of cumbersome big guy. I do try to um, mostly be tough and, and kind of a bruiser, you know what I mean? I don't really... Yeah, so yeah. in a way, like how Undertaker, uh, when he started, he was really slow, but when he yeah. became the American Badass, he started actually doing more physical activity Absolutely. and doing yeah. the dives, and uh, but still being the big guy. Yes, in like Edge too. Edge was like six four, but when he was in there, he didn't seem like he was, you know, one of the bigger guys. He was so athletic that he just the way he moved was incredible. That's kind of something I'm trying to incorporate into my uh, style as well. So one of the other questions I've noticed is also that um, intergender matches are happening a lot lately mm -hmm. and yep. it's uh, prevalent on the indie scene, maybe not so much in WWE right now, yep. even though Asuka and Ellsworth did their thing, whatever that was. But when you started uh, training here, you got told that obviously you'd be working with anybody and you are going and training with the girls here. Was that anything change of mind or different mindset you needed to do that? Uh, the main thing is, is when you're working with the women, you're never going to be the face. You're never, uh, nobody's going to cheer for you. You know what I mean? You're just going to get booed right away. Uh, so that, that just has to come into how you wrestle and how you approach your match. Um, you know, I don't look down on intergender matches. I don't think they're, you know, if you, you can tell any story in here you want. Uh, you can make anything work and you just have to know how to tell the right story and how to make those matches work so that they're believable and entertaining for people. So. Understandable and uh, as I said, it is entertainment so as long as it's believable and go one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. it doesn't matter gender or anything. Yeah, and absolutely. The, the ladies seem to be stepping up a lot more than the diva uh, era yeah, and so yeah. the women actually want to do this as a opposed absolutely. to... Absolutely, they're athletes, they're not just uh, eye candy or, yeah. or you know, valets as they would call them. Um, now they're actually athletes and they're actually taking the bumps and doing the same moves as everyone else and it's, it's exciting to hmm. see. So I want to thank you for taking the time. Uh, this will be coming up very soon in couple coming weeks. And uh, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Real Jim Strider. Strider with Y-S-T-R-Y-D-E-R. -E uh, you can find me on Twitter, Real Jim Strider, and uh, that's the best way to get in touch with me. Awesome.
So thank you for your time. Thanks, Sean. If you're looking to get into the wrestling business, check out the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. This school is located right here in London, Ontario, Canada. Learn from one of Canada's best wrestlers around. It's located at 309 Exeter Road, and it's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 6 p.m. till 8.30 p.m. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, teaching the new generation of hopefuls into superstars. Okay, and we're back with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, and we're at Tyson Duke's Wrestling Factory, continuing with the From the uh, Production Line uh, segments, and right now I have Violet Lee. How are you doing today? How's it going? Doing well. Yourself? Not too bad. So, uh, what inspired you to get into the wrestling business? I have been a wrestling fan for as long as I can remember, but mostly um, I have three little boys at home that are my complete inspiration. They are the biggest fans. So the fact that they get to see me do this, that's what drives me. So what was your earliest memory that got you? Definitely Hulk Hogan. Hogan. That's everybody's earliest memory. It has to be, right? No, come on. No, yeah. was, case, for me, it was Hulk Hogan. I hated Hogan. What? I turned the TV oh from 18 when he He told appeared. me to eat my vitamins, man. That, that guy's wicked. Mine was savage, breaking the yeah. larynx of Steamboat. Yeah, I think Jake the Snake was big for me, too. That was a big one, too. But then I stopped for a while, a really long time, until I started watching it with my kids. So then I got to the newer stuff. So what then inspired you to come to the factory and actually pursue this as um, a career. I've always thought about it. I think we all have those like fascinations about it. You think they're, you know, you uh, you fantasize about what you would do, or your entrance. And then as soon as I found out that Tyson had a school, I'm like, why not try? Why not just see if I can do it, right? And yeah, here I am. <laughs> awesome. So obviously one of my questions usually is, what is the uh, best highlight for you so far? But I can imagine uh, this past couple <laughs> weeks ago, you uh, debuted in front of your family yeah. here in London at the Music Hall. So what was that experience like? It was incredible. Um, honestly, I have a very small, um, trying to make it realistic goals um, that I've had so far. Um, and my top one was to wrestle for a smash uh, in front of my family. So I got to do that last Saturday. Um, and I came out and I heard everybody chanting like my name. That was, you know what, that's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> like that was a really good feeling. So yeah, so I was actually in touch with uh, Alan and just trying to find out about getting some footage. And so I think he's going to talk to Tyson. And if that's released, then they are going to post it on Scumbag's oh, uh, yeah. page and highlight you guys. Obviously, and this will help with the segment that we're doing here. Yeah. And that. So um, you had that uh, big match there in front of family. But this past weekend, you also were in your first title match. Yeah. Uh, in, <laughs> For PWA? Yeah, yeah. In Kitchener. How did that go? It was. It went great. It went really well. Unfortunately, I didn't get the title, but you know what? I think I'll be back for another chance. Yeah. Um, but it went really well. I think I gave it everything I had. So. Who all was in that match? Uh, it was, um, well, Texas Rose, who ended up being um, the beautiful uh, beautiful Bia, and Giselle Shaw. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it was a three, uh, three-way elimination title match. Awesome. Uh, so... How would you describe your time here at the factory and the learning that you received? Amazing. Amazing. Incredibly hard, but amazing. Uh, my first month, I could hardly get out of bed. I was so sore. But uh, you know what? This is uh, its where I blow up steam. I love it. Like this, These guys are like my family. I love it. This, this, this is my life now. <laughs> I love being That's here. That's awesome. Uh, so also, being a uh, woman, learning how the ropes go, 
when you get introduced to the fact that you'll be intergender training and even intergender matches eventually because of it being so popular on the indie scene, what were your first thoughts of that? I was excited, for sure. Um, I get to train with these guys all the time. And the one thing I'll say is that Tyson never treated me like I was a girl. I'm just another wrestler, right? So we, we, I ran the ropes the same way. I did everything they had to do. Um, some things maybe came harder for me, but... Um, yeah, I do the same things that they do, so I'm excited to get to work with them as well, you know, and work just work everybody can, really, you know, so it doesn't matter, man, woman, I'll, I'll, I'll work it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of helps, though, at the same time, since your uh, debut match here in London was the only female with <laughs> yeah, five other right? guys, so. And not to mention I won that, so, you know, I think I, can, I, think I got it. <laughs> got the victory on that, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, congratulations on everything that's happened so far, and we're going to obviously check in over the next while and see how the progression of all the students have been. And so, how can people reach you uh, outside um, of the Instagram, school? On Instagram, I'm on Violet Lee on, on Instagram. I think it's Violet underscore Lee underscore one. Or on Facebook. So, um, yeah, just reach me that way. Awesome. Thanks you for your time. Yeah, no problem. And that was another trip to the Tyson Dukes Wrestling School, which you can find on Exeter Road here in London, Ontario. Like to thank Jim Strider for being a part of it. And here at the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, we would like to wish Violet Lee a very happy birthday. She was also today's superstar of the day. And we look forward to seeing what else comes our way from both of these two stars and how bright their star will shine in the future. I'll be taking another trip over to the wrestling factory to interview more of the students so we can get some more behind the scenes knowledge and be introduced to the stars of the future this afternoon i was able to meet up with the one and only cody deaner to do our interview finally that we've been trying to track down for a few months now get to discuss his giver for charity which we thankfully have been a part of with raising funds for the Exeter Villa, and the Rumble Camp for the Deaf. There'll soon be another uh, draw for that t-shirt that was signed by all the Smash Stars on April 29th. Be on the lookout for that. And right now, here's my interview with Cody Diener. And we're here with another episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. This is the uh, independent uh, show version that we're doing. And uh, I'm right here with Cody Diener. How are you doing today, Cody? I'm doing great. I'm eating a pickle as we talk. We can give everybody, the listeners, an inside scoop of what's happening. Yeah. I, well, I'm eating a pickle, so I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood. Co- <laughs> <laughs> a couple of plugs, I guess, we could do, because we're sitting here at a Harvey's here in London on uh, Warncliffe Road. Yeah. And you were just over at... Uh, True Love Tattoo, getting yeah. uh, some more ink done. Getting some more ink done, so we can do a big plug for Anthony over at True Love Tattoo. He's my artist over there. He's awesome. So check out True Love Tattoo. And all summer long, you can get $2 shakes at Harvey's. So I'm enjoying some pickles on the side of my burger and a $2 shake. So awesome. there's our ridiculous, stupid plugs <laughs> to, start, to start our interview. <laughs> hey, why not? Yeah, man. Free advertising for them. Yeah, man. So, a lot of people know that you debuted in 2000, uh, mm-hmm. were trained by Derek Wilde, who you're still really close friends with, and mm-hmm. did the whole uh, wedding party with him and uh, yeah. Tyson, and yes. uh, 
Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger, yeah. yes. And yeah. so that one's almost the, the Canadian Four Horsemen or the Ontario <laughs> Four Horsemen to that yes. extent. Sure. So that's awesome that you guys are, have that good friendship. And mm -hmm. you did some uh, tryouts with WWE in 2004 when you were uh, Cody Steele. Mm -hmm. So uh, anything to stand out uh, with that briefly? The thing that stood out to me was when you said the Canadian Four Horsemen. It reminds me of the picture that we took of the wedding party is probably one of two or three times that I've been in a suit in my entire life. <laughs> so I was in a suit and uh, we did a picture of us four dudes putting up the four fingers as the, you know, because you're never going to get us four crazy guys in, in all in suits ever again. So we were the Canadian Four Horsemen for one day um, and that was a blast. Yeah, those, those, those guys are my brothers. Um, so that stands out to me actually more than you know, getting arrested for the WWE and and um, some of the other cool things I've done in my career. I think really the friendships that I've built with guys like a Derek Wilde, like a Tyson Dukes, like a Ty Dillinger, those are the friendships that are going to last me a lifetime. So that's yeah, what stands out to me for sure, man. You kind of remember that, I, obviously, a little more than the matches because you do have so many matches in a year, mm -hmm. especially on the indie scene where you can pick and choose where you go. I've um, had matches, you know, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I've had times where I've uh, shook hands with a guy at a show and he's talking to me like I know him. And I go, I'm sorry, like, have we met before? And he's like, yeah, we've wrestled. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've had so many matches and I'm that jerk now that I even forget some of the guys I've wrestled and I've even worked with. So, yeah, the remembering matches is, is a very difficult thing, but um, remembering moments with your friends is pretty easy. 18-year career, it's understandable. Yeah, thanks point. for reminding me, jerk. So, <laughs> so yeah, man. 18 so, years, man. Half my life. I've been wrestling for half my life. Yeah. Which is crazy to think of, but yeah, it's, there's been a lot of cool stuff that's happened in that time. So what did inspire you to, to do that? Like, were, was wrestling a thing in your family, like, on Saturday mornings watching Superstars? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I would watch wrestling with my brothers. One of, the, one of the things that I really connected with with my brothers was wrestling. We loved watching it together. And my first memories are of, are of Hulk Hogan, you know, Hulk must pose. And uh, I would just watching him, you know, uh, as a kid, I was like hardcore Hulkamaniac. And um, I would, my mom would give me a blue teddy bear and a grocery bag that she cut a hole in the bottom and two holes in the side so I could wear that grocery bag into the living room and rip it off my body like the Hulkster and proceed to elbow drop and leg drop and body slam the crap out of that giant blue teddy bear. So ever since I was five, my dream was maybe, just maybe, I'll be able to wrestle in the same ring as Hulk Hogan. And I did it in 2004. I wrestled mm -hmm. in, a, in a WWE ring and I accomplished that goal pretty early in my career. I was only four years into the business and I'd accomplished that and then realized, man, I gotta, I'm gonna set my sights higher and I, wanna, I really wanna make a career, career out of this and that's what I've been, that's what I've been doing ever since. Yeah, and that's uh, obviously been successful. You've had championships all over mm -hmm. uh, the place, including your battling ODB for the knockouts title, which... <laughs> that was something was, that I wasn't dreaming of as a five-year-old, <laughs> but it's oh, kind of fell in my lap. <laughs> yeah, I gotta love those uh, Impact Wrestling uh, writers. Oh, yeah. I had, a, I had a blast uh, when I wrestled with TNA, um, and just recently coming back and doing some more stuff with them that you might talk about soon, but uh, a little bit later, but I, I just wrestled for them a few weeks ago, and uh, I've always had a blast 
with TNA and with Impact Wrestling. And yeah, the writings, I mean, the hardcore wrestling fan might kind of scoffs at the writing of what was done at the time. And yes, I could have offered a lot more in terms of my wrestling talent at the time, but that wasn't the role they needed filled. They needed a certain uh, goofy, comedy, crazy redneck to be ODB sidekick. And I fit that, that bill and I tried my hardest to do that to the best I could and I thought I did a pretty damn good job and so did everybody else that was there so and people still talk to me about it today I still get approached by it all the time and people wanting you know old Cody Dean or TNA merchandise at the merch table so it's at least it was memorable to so a, lot, a lot of people so that uh, last interaction with uh, TNA or Impact should I say yep was with uh, Joe something yes the Jake Diener, Jake something Jake yes something. Part mm-hmm. of the Diener dynasty. Uh-huh. And then before that, we actually uh, met up in uh, March mm-hmm. at, in Windsor when you took on Eli Drake and we got the whole maple syrup uh, chant <laughs> going on. So that was a pretty uh, good evening and experience. Yeah. It was great being... That was, really, that was a really cool experience, actually, with the Eli Drake because I'm in there with a quality opponent, like an Eli Drake, you know, former world heavyweight champion, um, excellent performer. Um, so there was no worries or um, nerves in terms of whether or not we're going to be able to put on a decent match for the for the crowd and for the people watching on pay-per-view. Um, but the cool thing was it was an affiliate it was affiliated with Impact Wrestling, right? It was an Impact production, but affiliated with Border City Wrestling, um, which is a company that's near and dear to my heart. I was a BCW champion for I think almost two straight years and was kind of the pinnacle independent company as a Canadian independent wrestler. Like, that was where you wanted to be. If you could get on a Border City Wrestling show, then just you made get, it. Yeah, just get on one of those shows and you're moving up in your career, right? So that was something that I was really striving for. So to be able to, you know, become their champion, wrestle in front of, you know, what I consider one of my hometown crowds that are solely behind me against a world heavyweight champion, on an Impact Wrestling pay-per-view, like, come on, man, that's Can't pretty. Go wrong. Yeah, man, that's pretty sweet. So that was a, that was a really good night. Yeah. So uh, that night we actually met up for giving you money, uh, part of your charity, mm-hmm. which has been going all year. The Giver for Charity. So mm-hmm. I know part of what uh, inspired you on that, because we talked also on April 29th at the music hall, mm-hmm. saying how doing the charity work has now inspired you to do more and maybe even fueled your mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. Would you like to share any of that story and how it got started and how you feel about doing the charities? Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, it is, the Give It For Charity campaign was kind of just this idea that came to my mind one evening after an artist gave me this picture and uh, told me, you can give some of these, give these pictures away to kids. It was his only thing. He said, I don't want you to sell these and make money off of them. Give them to charity. So if you see some kids at your shows, here's five pictures, give it to five lucky kids. That'll be the end of it. And I just kind of, the artwork was so amazing that this guy did. Um, he did an art uh, portrait of me and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Roberto Alomar and a bunch of other athletes that were at this banquet. And it was so so well done. I'm like, I can't just give away these portraits for free. Like, but I also, I don't want to make money off of them either. Because um, this guy was very charity driven as well. And I was like doing stuff for charity. So I just got this crazy idea. Why don't I just print off hundreds of these things, 
and I'll go around, I'll sell them. People are buying my merchandise anyways, and I'll just donate 100% of that money to charity. So I'm not making any money off of this. Yeah. And maybe I'll just pick a new, a new charity every month, and we'll just see where it goes. That was just this crazy idea. That was back in January and February this year, and I've been able to help out so many amazing organizations and amazing people. And I decided early on that this wasn't my idea at first, but it became my idea after doing it for a couple months that I wanted to pick charities that were connected to fans of mine that I had a connection with. So I was able to pick, you know, kids like um, one of my, my biggest fans is a deaf child. His name's Christopher from St. Catherine. I formed a connection with him. So I raised money for the Rumball Deaf Camp on his behalf. Um, a little girl named uh, Regan, who is autistic, and I was able to raise money for the Lansdowne Children's Center because of the connection I had with her, because um, that was the organization that really helped her when, as she's been growing up. It was a place for her to go and, and get support. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it has really rejuvenated my passion for wrestling because when I go to a show now, it's not just about <coughs> let's have an awesome match, because that is one thing. It's not just about, let's see how much money I can make at the merch table, right? Because that's another thing. It's, it's motivating financially, right? Um, let's see how many people we can get off their feet and screaming and cheering and going nuts. But I'm also motivated, I have that extra motivation now, is how much money can I raise at this event for this charity? How much money can I bring in? And how many people can I kind of inspire and educate about these great organizations? So, I mean... Those are all things that I get to look forward to for, at every single wrestling event I go to, and it's really helped keep me motivated and passionate about what I do. Yeah, I can uh, relate with that one because I did security for many years, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I started doing my own charity events that I found purpose in doing stuff. And yeah. The day, like even if it was planning <laughs> a whole year in advance for that one day, yep. I knew in the long run it was worth it. Yes. So it, it gave that whole smile, and so now. I actually do work for a charity uh, company here in London, mm-hmm. and every day I know I've done something, even if uh, the person I'm supporting gets to even do grocery shopping, and I've had a good day. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's awesome, and we've talked about it so many times on our podcast that you know if you're able to, regardless of what business you're in, mm-hmm. able to reach out and help somebody do so. And a lot of people look down on the wrestling business as, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know, uneducated yeah. and, you know, hillbilly type mm-hmm. deal. <laughs> Barring your character, <laughs> mind you, but just the overall yeah. business. And don't really necessarily see wrestlers as stepping out there and doing charity yeah. work beyond what WWE shows of mm-hmm. Make-A-Wish and yep. all that. But to see it in a homegrown aspect is really yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate... Um, you guys plug in my favorite for charity campaign on your podcast. It really has helped out a lot and helped spread the word. I appreciate that. And yeah, that's another kind of cool thing, what you're talking about in terms of breaking down stereotypes. Like I've had, after doing a speech or something at a, in the, in the ring, I got to bring in, um, just for example, I brought Regan to a show as my special guest last month and was able to bring her into the ring and, um, you know, give her a check that we had raised money for to bring back to the Lansdowne Children's Center and everybody was chanting her name, she had this biggest smile on her face and man I can't even tell you how many people came up to me with tears in their eyes saying how touched they were by that because that was, it was real, like that wasn't just this 
phony wrestler stereotype. All these guys are yelling at each other and beat each other up, and it's all pretend and ha-ha-ha funny. Like, these people came and were touched by it. And so, some of these people had never been to a wrestling show before, and they didn't really know what to expect, and they came and they saw that, and they were like, we're coming back. Like, we were, we're going to come to every single one now. Like, we, we made a wrestling fan yeah. out of them. You get you wrestling know? fans. And they realized, oh, okay, there's more the, to wrestling than just two dudes yell at each other and punch each other in the face. Like, it's the connection that the fans have with the wrestlers. I think it's hard for non-wrestling fans to understand. Um, and the influence that we do have on people is something that I'm still getting a grasp on now. Like, realizing how much of an influence I have on, on these kids um, that I'm raising money for or kids that I'm going in and speaking to when I go into schools and talk to them. Like, it really blows my mind the influence I have on these people. And I'm... I take it seriously. Like I, I take it very, very seriously. And I remember when I was a wrestling fan and seeing there's this little sidebar which is coming to mind. I think the fans are like this. I remember, especially the Canadian wrestling fans out there will remember um, wrestling with shadows and Bret Hart, you know, talking on there and saying, "I can't lose. You know, I can't lose in Canada. It'll break everybody's hearts." And um, I have these fans and they rely on me and I have to do it for the fans. And he was really serious about like how it would affect his fans and the kids. And as a, as a teenager, I'm watching, I'm like, this is lame, like, what's he talking about? Like, who cares, it's wrestling, it's fake. Everyone knows it's fake, like, it's not real, so like, why does it really matter? And now I, now I know why it matters. Like, at that time, I didn't understand why he cared, or I, wouldn't, I didn't understand why Hulk Hogan would care about turning heel and, you know, saying he's gonna break all these kids' hearts. Now I know why. Because if I was asked to become a bad guy on these shows where those kids are at, I would, at this point, I think I'd have to say no. Like, I couldn't do it because I would literally be breaking these kids' hearts. It would take a lot for me to, to do that because I've seen the influence that we have on these kids. And it's, I, like I said, I take it seriously. Yeah, it's probably the same reason why, to this day, no matter how many fans uh, are clamoring for a heel turn for John Cena or mm -hmm. Roman Reigns, in the long run, they are representatives of the wrestling business going to make a wish. So how do you do somebody who's done over 500 uh, appearances and wish grantings like a John Cena mm -hmm. and turn him heel and be, still expect him to do that? And same great in your point. case. Great point. That's a great point. And I, I've thought about that many times myself. Like people don't realize like the, you know, the hardcore wrestling fan doesn't think about that kid who's on the, literally on their deathbed that just wants to meet John Cena and has this vision in their head of what John Cena represents. And if John Cena was to, you know, step on that and squash that concept to that kid, that dying child, like, John Cena has a responsibility in that and I know he realizes that and it's real. <laughs> like, it's, it's real to those kids and it's guys in that position like I I'm, can't even I can't begin to compare myself to John Cena I just can't but like I, I, I get a small piece of understanding with the kids that I've been able to influence on the independent scene I have a small understanding of what that responsibility is and like I said I take it really seriously well as you said about touching people's hearts I don't know how much you want to touch on it but yeah your charity for the Exeter Villa mm. was inspired by Isabel mm -hmm. and trying to get that wheelchair bike 
And unfortunately, as people follow along with you on social media, found out that unfortunately Isabel didn't get to see the completion of that charity event. Mm-hmm. But you were able to still present the money to the Exeter Villa, get the uh, wheelchair done. Mm-hmm. But you were also, I believe, asked to speak at her funeral by her family. So yeah. obviously that was touching yes. her family. That's... I mean, stuff like this is something I never would have thought I'd be doing in wrestling. Like, when I started wrestling, it's all I ever wanted to do was, you know, get in the ring and give somebody a body slam and give them a DDT and get some people to cheer or boo me. Like, that was really the goal. I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that, you know, I'd be helping out an amazing organization, meeting an amazing <coughs> woman, holding the hand of one of my fans holding their hand while they're dying and then speaking at their funeral. Like, that's pretty intense stuff. (laughs) Right? Like, that is not something that I ever fathomed being possible. Um, But has happened. And um, I think it it speaks, and I said this in my actual eulogy for Isabel, who was such an amazing woman. I said this in my eulogy to, um, to her and to her family when I spoke at the funeral like that's the power uh, of a connection that two wrestling fans can have her and I we had a similar love for wrestling Um, you know she grew up loving it and I grew up loving it and we just had this kind of special connection together and that connection was simply professional wrestling and it really I think speaks to the power of our business and how it can literally change people's lives and I don't think Many people understand that. I hope people listening to this right now can understand that and do understand that and realize kind of the power and amazing things that something like this crazy wrestling business can do. It's it's unreal, man. So four years ago, you actually started doing the motivational speaking, sort of like a DDP or Mark Marrow. Uh, but, but in this case, like, I guess on the same line as a Mark Merrow, sure. going to children and yeah. encouraging them to dare to dream. Yes. And so what actually inspired you to start doing that circuit that we know from CTV reports and stuff like that here that you yep. do work out of school? Yep. Was that part of the motivation to start reaching out to students? Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't actually... I. I've never had a full-time contract position as a teacher, um, and I've been teaching for over a decade. And I purposely—I've been offered contracts and turned them down because I'm pursuing my dream to be a professional wrestler. So I'm giving up, you know, amazing pension, amazing benefits, all this stuff, because I want to be a professional wrestler. Because my dream when I was five wasn't to be a teacher; it was to be a wrestler. But teaching has been a great supplementary income. And it's been very necessary, as I'm a father with four children, to uh, make sure that those kids have food, clothing, kids. diapers, all of those things that are necessary. So it's, it's been very helpful. I have, I have multiple streams of income. And yes, one of those streams of income that I now have is as a motivational speaker. And that kind of fell in my lap. Um, when I was teaching, um, I taught for a couple years fairly regularly at an adult ed school. So I was teaching people that had dropped out of school now had a second chance, sometimes second, third, fourth, last chance to get their education uh, or they were going to be done and never have a decent job and not have a decent life. So I had the privilege of you know, teaching these people and 
after talking with a lot of them and them telling me, you know, how inspired they were on the first day of class to just start to come to school because of my story. I'd always, I'd always tell my story on the first day. Just tell about my life. Talk about myself. And I was able to keep these students in class that, you know, did not really want to be there um, solely because of my story and them telling me, you know, how inspiring my story was. So that kind of, kind of put the seed in my head in terms of, okay, maybe I can be doing this, this motivational speaking stuff. And I, then I just, I got asked um, because of my story to, to do some speeches and I accepted it and kind of did one and then did another one and, and kept getting asked back and then somebody else would learned about it and then I got asked and all of a sudden I was like, oh man, like I could turn this into a thing. And I, like, I love it. Like I genuinely enjoy it too. It actually gives me the same rush that I get from a professional wrestling match. I get that rush before, during, and after I'd give a speech. And that is rare because when I first had my first wrestling match, I was like, I've never felt this way before and I'm, I'm chasing that feeling. And every wrestler that's listening to this knows what I'm talking about. You just really chase that feeling. Of, of having that match and there's if you can find something else in your life that gives you that same feeling that's very rare and that I've, I've got that with the motivational speaking so it gives me like a burst of energy and adrenaline and a rush and at the same time I get to motivate kids and inspire them and make a difference in their lives too so it's been amazing and I'm gonna be very busy this year with it as I've uh, signed up with the Canadian Youth Speakers Bureau. Um, I'm also a Canadian Student Leadership Association recognized speaker now. So, yeah, it's working with these organizations and getting me traveling all across Canada doing this. It's pretty awesome. And something that I can be doing when I'm not able to give any more DDTs or take any more body slams and pile drivers, my body will be able to at least get up on stage and, yeah, and, and, and have, on. Yeah, have something to fall back on that I truly love. And you even made the uh, front page of the Elmer uh, newspaper where your parents are. Right? Exactly, exactly. Making the newspaper of when I was a kid. So I've made it, brother. I, I've made it. <laughs> so I put out some uh, posts on our Facebook page and just asked if anybody had questions for you. Mm -hmm. And of course, I think there's only maybe one serious question. The rest are kind of goofy ones. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So we'll tackle them and see what happens. The serious question was. Who have you kept in uh, contact with from your time at Impact? Oh. Um, I guess your original time at Impact. My original time with Impact? Probably the guy who I was really good friends with, um, who kind of helped me get into Impact, who's really the guy that, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have ever been in TNA, and that's Eric Young. Um, he actually helped train me alongside Derek Wilde. Yeah. Um, he would run classes on Wednesday at the wrestling school. So really, out of three days a week that I was wrestling, one of those days a week was with Showtime Eric Young. Um, and I got to travel up and down the roads with him, and he was very instrumental in getting me my contract with TNA Wrestling. So he was a close friend of mine, is a close friend of mine, and will be a close friend of mine until the day I die. Um, I keep in contact with him the most, for sure. Okay, and so now for the wacky questions. <laughs> okay, sweet. <laughs> what kind of hair product do you use to keep your hair? Oh. Well, since you have long hair. <laughs> yes, uh, nothing. I do not, I, I wash it maybe twice a week. Um, yeah. 
because actually if you wash your hair more, it kills your hair faster. So I've learned that, and this I know that might sound gross to some people, but my wife was a hairstylist, so um, she, she, she would know. know. So I, I, I don't use anything special. Um, however, my wife is into um, kind of more natural and organic things, so she has had me do this thing with this doTERRA essential oil product that sometimes I'll rub on my scalp. I don't even know what it is. My wife just gives it to me and I put it on my hair. So I, there, there's my inside scoop into Cody Dater's hair product. Is my wife gives me some essential oils once in a while and I just take it. And <laughs> what's your favorite kind of beer? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm a light beer man now. Um, I used to, uh, there used to be a beer that I, I drank in high school and in college called Bohemian. And they discontinued it, and it was like it was a lighter beer, um, but had a stronger alcohol content. And then it went out of production. So then I I, I switched from Bohemian to uh, MGDs for a while. But now uh, I'm not a heavy drinker anymore. Um, I, I like to on a nice cold summer day have a couple brewskis. I'll just have you know a Coors Light and just kick back and relax and. Uh, any, any light beers you like to sit and enjoy on a summer's day, that's what the Diener's doing on the Diener Dynasty estate. Awesome. Um, so what kind of, what band gets you going and gets you motivated? What band? band. Oh, band? Music. Oh, music, yeah. I would definitely say ACDC. Um, most independent shows that I do where I don't have to worry about copyrighted music. I now come out to ACDC, shook me all night long. And I, for years I used Def Leppard. Um, pour some sugar on me and I'd come out and do a, a silly crazy dance where I'd pour sugar on myself which was inspired by a, a drunken night at a wedding where we all decided to pour sugar on each other during this dance and I decided I'm going to put that in my shtick and it kind of became something I became known for for years on the independent scene it was a stupid dance that I did um, but no ACDC I don't know any you know, warm-blooded Canadian or American that hears ACDC is ready to party and ready to give her, like, so instantly, as soon as that music hits, even if they have never seen wrestling and don't even know who I am, once that music hits, people are like, okay, yeah, now it's time to rock and it's time to party, so ACDC for sure. That whole Sugars thing kind of seemed like a Mike Rollins uh, deal. <laughs> something he would do. Oh, totally. If you go back and watch old footage, man, that was something that was... That was my thing, and uh, was very identifiable with the Cody Diener uh, circa, oh, I guess 2010 to, well, no, even earlier than that, 2007 to 2010 was really, that was my deal, is the course of Sugar on Me Dance. Nice. So you can find some footage of that, go and look at that, you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> As a redneck, <laughs> is hitting on a cousin at a family reunion wrong? Wrong or an expectation? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I'm going to have to go with my gut instinct here and say it's wrong. However, ignorance is bliss. So, if you don't know, then you don't know. So, ignorance is bliss in that situation. But if you know, i got to say, man, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Would you accept the green monster as your tag team partner? No. <laughs> and is there? Is that um, all it is? Like no, I guess from the Trailer Park Boys. Oh, the oh, isn't that a? No, that's not the Green Monster. He's uh, it's the Green Bastard. 
Oh, Isn't Master. Maybe. Maybe they must have sold it. Right. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure. Might have it wrong. Yeah, but if if Bubbles from the Trailer Park Boys wanted to be my tag team partner, then absolutely the answer would be yes. I actually got to work with some guys in the Trailer Park Boys. Funny story that I, sh- I should share because it's not one that I've got to share a lot on podcasts, if ever. Um, Randy and Leahy from the Trailer Park Boys were doing a stand-up routine at a fair that I was wrestling at. So to help promote the wrestling show, myself and Michael Elgin came out on the stage during Randy and Leahy's comedy set, and Michael Elgin challenged uh, Randy to uh, an arm wrestling match, and I helped him win the arm wrestling match by feeding him cheeseburgers. And he was able to hulk up and beat Michael Elgin in an arm wrestling contest to help hype our match for on the show later that night or the next day or something. So, Trailer Park Boys is something uh, very near and dear to my heart. Randy and Leahy were awesome dudes. So cool. So, if that's who this person was referring to, yeah. Bubbles from the Trailer Park Boys, then absolutely he can be my tag team partner anytime. So, the final one, yep. I guess, involving Trailer Park uh-huh. uh, guys, who deserves a DDT? Oh, from the Trailer Park Boys? Yeah. Oh, man. I think, I don't, I wouldn't say that he deserves it, but I think he would probably sell it the best. Um, and that would be Bubbles. Um, and I could give it to him while his glasses are on. And then I think he would take a really good spike on that DDT. And then they'd be able to get a really good facial expression of Bubbles taking the DDT. I think, even though he doesn't deserve it, I think he would sell it the best. So I think I'm going to have to go with Bubbles. Okay, so I want to thank you for your time uh, today. Uh, where can people find you? CodyDiener.com is the website where it has links to everything that I'm on, um, but a lot of people don't bother going on the website anymore, so if they don't want to go into their Google machine to CodyDiener.com, if you're using Twitter, it's at CodyDiener, if you're using Instagram, it's at CodyDiener, I have a Facebook page, um, at CodyDiener. And those are my three main social media outlets that fans want to interact with me, see what I'm doing. I'm constantly posting about the charity stuff I'm doing, uh, cool fans that I meet, all the motivational speaking stories that kind of end up coming up from what I've been doing. Uh, that's where to find me and where to, how to interact with me. And I encourage fans to, to uh, interact with me as much as they would like. And I'm always up for answering questions on there. And I guess then, what's your upcoming schedule? Like, oh, we, we man. can talk about any organization, not just Smash. So yeah. Oh, man. What's like, got, what do you got coming up? I got, I got too, mu- too, too much. Um, I'll just say this in general as a blanket statement. If you go to Cordier.com, I have an events page there where people can see all the places I'm going to be. But I'm going to be all across uh, Ontario throughout August and September. September is one of my busiest months. Um, just past July was one of the busiest months I've ever had. When I started wrestling as an independent wrestler, I couldn't fathom the amount of money that I made in July <laughs> wrestling. Like I had no idea that, indep- that the thought of making that much money from just independent wrestling would have blown my mind when I started 18 years ago. So the independent wrestling is thriving. Um, and there is, a, you can make a great amount of money on the independent wrestling scene. I am so grateful that I'm still wrestling right now um, while this boom is happening. So I'm busy, man. I'm all over the place. There's too many companies that I can even I can even list. Um, when people ask me, you know, when I'm on a Smash show, oh, where where's Smash Wrestling next? I'm like, well, Smash 
isn't wrestling for you know a couple more weeks, but I have ten shows between now and then. Like, and I wrestle for fifteen to twenty different companies, and they're like, well, they did, it blows their mind. They had no idea. So. Yeah, if there's fans out there that only follow one company, like a Smash, that's great. But expand your horizons. Do your research. Um, I'm all over the place, man. i got so many different companies I'm wrestling for, and they're all quality places for with quality wrestlers and quality fans. It's awesome. So all over the place, dude. Yeah, I think there's a uh, Park Hill uh, show uh, for their fair coming up uh, next month. Yes, we've been doing that. That's on September 14th, I think is the date. Yeah. Um, we've been doing that for the last three or four years it's become an annual thing it's become the thing at the Park Hill Fair I can literally walk there from my house uh, I walk to the venue and we fill that arena full of five to six hundred screaming children those kids are maniacs it's, my, my buddy and I actually yeah. drove from oh, yeah. London to go see yes. that show yes. with Chris Masters and yes. yourself yeah. and I, we were right at the front row with the little kids and we, I was encouraging them <laughs> to be loud yes. they went over the top Dude. I'm like oh my god these kids are crazy I know, I know. started going after the wrestlers I'm like cool Oh, yeah. Went back in there, oh yeah, that's the fun. If you get to catch me on a fair show like in Park Hill, um, that's the other thing a lot of people don't realize is there's no barricades and little to no security. So you never know what's going to happen on these shows, and that's part of the fun, and that's part of the adrenaline rush I get is I don't know what's going to happen. And I've had, I've been attacked by fans. Uh, hasn't been a long time because I haven't been a bad guy in a long time, but I've been involved in matches where the kids get intricately involved in my matches, and it is a hoot. So yes, any I'm gonna be all across, uh, all across Ontario in throughout September, August as well. Yes, check out codeer.com and you can see all the places I'm gonna be. So yeah, once again, thank you very much. Thank you, man. Awesome. And one last uh, note with Cody Diener before we uh, end this uh, show, we have a signed t-shirt by the whole group of Smash Wrestling uh, superstars from the April 29th event at the London Music Hall and it's uh, inspired by Cody Diener's uh, Giver for Charity we are going to be selling tickets very soon again to try and raffle that off and we'll be doing uh, 3 for $5 or 10 for $10 and once Cody has the uh, next charity uh, lined up we'll launch that officially on our uh, page so stay tuned for more information, and we'll uh, get her done and give her for charity. Thanks, man. letting you know that I will be bringing my 20 Years of Hell tour to London, and I'm looking down, oh, at the London Music Hall. Man, that's an incredible place, an incredible venue. I know VIP tickets, as well as general admission, are still on sale, and I will be bringing to life that infamous night from 1998 when I walked down the aisle, a man returned a legend. You won't want to miss it. I'll be talking about it, probably exaggerating the tales, but I'll be doing it right there in London on September 7th. Yeah, realmcfoley.com, your place to go for tickets and information. That's right. On Friday, September 7th, the London Music Hall, Summer Camp Productions, and Bogart Entertainment present McFoley, 20 Years of Hell, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, WD Hardcore Superstar. Climb on board the 20 Years of Hell tour 
for a thrill ride 20 years in the making. As Mick Foley, professional wrestling's hardcore legend, takes audiences on an in-depth look at the most famous match of his Hall of Fame career and perhaps the most talked about match in sports entertainment history. With its trademark blend of wit and wisdom, wildness and warmth, that shot of two of his memoirs to the top of the New York Times bestsellers list, Foley will use every tool in his arsenal, dozens of classic promos, hundreds of hours on stage, thousands of matches, and almost a million published words to weave a spellbinding web of stories designed to take fans along for the journey back to t- June 28, 1998, the night of the infamous Hell in a match. It was the night that Foley somehow survived two spine-rattling falls off and through the ominous cell structure. Shrugging off a stint of unconsciousness and finishing the match with a front tooth lodged in his nose. Finding humor in the most unlikely of places, 20 years of hell, brings the laughs but is much more than just a comedic one-man show. He will make you feel like you were there, right there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, watching history write itself. By equal turns of laughs, out loud, funny, stunning, and surreal and heartwarmingly real, 20 Years of Hell is one of the lifetime chances you hear wrestling's finest storytellers talking about the night he walked down the aisle a wrestler and walked away a legend. Each show begins with Mick's recollection of wrestling in the town he was performing in and will conclude with a candid 30 to 45 minute Q&A where all subjects is fair game. Tickets are available now. At limited VIP seats are available too. 8 p.m. at the London Music Hall. With the recent announcement that Smash Wrestling would be working in conjunction with Impact Wrestling, thanks to a deal made with Scott Demore, we're going to attempt to cover Impact Wrestling a little more often as possible. Smash Wrestling will be part of upcoming TV tapings with Impact Wrestling, plus the announcements that are impending on how Impact will be doing their work with Smash. The lines are sure to be blurred a bit, so we need to make sure we're on top of both organizations as much as possible. I hope you were able to listen to my special Impact Wrestling Slammiversary predictions, and here are the results, which surprisingly, I actually got all of them right. I have no idea how I did it, just it happened. But Impact Wrestling Knockouts Champion Sue Young defeated Madison Rain. The Impact X Division uh, title was won by Brian Cage over Matt Seidel. Tessa Blanchard beat Alley. In a 51-50 street fight, which got really brutal, and it was for the Impact uh, Tag Team Championships, LAX with Conan defeated the OGs with King. A House of Hardcore rules match was also a bloody affair as Eddie Edwards defeated Tommy Dreamer.
The international four-way match that was to feature Rich Swan was changed as Rich suffered a concussion and he was replaced by Petey Williams. The match was won by Johnny Impact and also featured Phoenix and Ishimori. In a hair versus mask match, which also included some use of spikes, railroad spikes to the head, Pentagon Jr. defeated Sammy Callahan. Sammy nearly escaped, but he got thrown back into the ring towards the ringside area and was shaven by Pentagon Jr. And for the Impact World uh, Championship, Austin Aries retained his belt over Moose. Coming this October 26th to 28th at the Western Fair Agriplex, it's the 5th Annual London Comic Con, presented by Start.ca and London's Best Rock FM 96. Scheduled to appear are former UFC champion and former WWE Intercontinental Hardcore and Tag Team Champion Ken Shamrock, the most dangerous man on the planet. You'll also see from Star Trek The Next Generation, Deanna Troy, Maria Sirtis from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Spike, James Marsters, the Yellow Power Ranger, Serena Vincent, Ted Remy from Ash vs. Evil Dead, and Xena Warrior Princess. Star Wars bounty hunter himself, Boba Fett, Daniel Logan will appear. Plus many more names to be announced in the upcoming weeks. It's a three-day celebration of art, comics, and pop culture with celebrity guests, vendors, and more. Don't miss Southwestern Ontario's largest fan event. Tickets are on sale now. For more information, go to londoncomiccon.ca. Hey, you're listening to Scumbags Podcast. It's your boy, Aiden Prince. And now for a quick update on the all-in weekend coming up this Labor Day weekend. If you have your tickets and are a member of the Scumbags... And now for an update on the all-in weekend coming up this Labor Day weekend in Chicago. If you're a member of the Scumbags of Wrestling please feel free to send us a report of your live. Experience and results from the event. If you do not have tickets for this great weekend, you can always now find it on TV or streaming this past episode of being the elite. It was announced that the, First hour of All In will be shown at 6 p.m. Eastern on WGM America, and it'll be entitled Zero Hour. The rest of the event will be available on traditional pay-per-view or on the Fight TV app starting at 7 p.m. Regardless of how you will end up watching it, it's sure to be an amazing uh, evening of independent wrestling that has never been seen before. 
The current card has Joey Janela facing Hangman Page, Stephen ML versus Christopher Daniels, Okada versus Marty Skrull. Nick Aldis will defend the NWA Championship against Cody Rhodes, and the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi will face Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and Bandito. Plus, there'll be an over-budget battle royal featuring Moose, Colt Cabana, Jordan Grace, Rocky Romero, Ethan Page, and many more. Also, yet to be announced before September 1st is what Kenny Omega's match will end up being. Once that is announced, I'm sure that will send buy rights through the roof. But even before the all-in pay-per-view an event, there's going to be StarCast. Tony Schiavone welcoming you to the StarCast Event Center with some exciting news. It's just been announced that the StarCast Weekend Pass is now available for only $99. Now that's more than 20 shows, over 40 hours of content for only $99, plus you'll get $20 in fight credit that can be used on any future purchase. Hey, by the way, is All In going to be on, uh, be on Fight TV? But wait, there's more wrestling fans. When you pre-order StarCast on Fight.tv before midnight, Friday, August 10th, you can get this incredible package for just $79. That's right, $79, and you'll still get $20 in Fight credits. Of course, StarCast offers you more than 40 hours of live events like All-In Weigh-Ins, X-Pac 1, 2, 3, 60 Degrees with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, a War Games retrospective. The Roast of Bruce Pritchard with stars that we can't announce. A Death of WCW panel. Behind the Themes with Jim Johnson. What Happened When with myself and my good buddy Conrad Thompson. Botchamania with Ron Funches. An Empty Arena Match Retrospective with Jerry the King Lawler and the one and only Terry Funk. The Raven Effect. A panel remembering Andy Kaufman. WrestleCrap. A panel on TNA Wrestling with Jeff Jarrett. Keeping it 100 with Conan, a panel on women's wrestling with Medusa, and so much more. Once again, only $79. Now, that's just a fraction of the suggested retail price. Don't forget about your $20 fight credit. Enjoy all of these shows, both live and on demand. But hurry, this offer ends again on August 10th. Go to fight.tv. That's fight.tv forward slash StarCast before it's too late. I'm Tony Schiavone from the StarCast Event Center. But that's not it, wrestling fans. There's also going to be the Chris Jericho cruise happening in October. On October 27th to the 31st, going from Nassau, Bahamas. Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at sea, leaving from Miami, Florida, October 27th to October 31st, 2018. Wrestling, rock and roll, comedy, all of the open sea, the open ocean, kind of like this one. Going to a beach, kind of like this one. It's going to be one of the greatest times of your life, guaranteed. I want you to join us. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com 
and find out how you can have the vacation of a lifetime, the party of a lifetime. It's the cruise of Jericho. Sail away, man! ChrisJerichoCruise.com, we'll see you then. The lineup includes the Master of Ceremonies, Chris Jericho, hosted by Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler. It features Kenny Omega. The Sea of Honor Tournament, represented by Ring of Honor. Also scheduled to appear, Cody Rhodes, The Young Bucks, Dalton Castle, Marty's Girl, The Briscoes, Brandy Rhodes, Mandy Leon, Kelly Klein, Adam Page, Silas Young, Kenny King, Flip Gordon, Beer City Bruiser, Delirious, Cheeseburger, and many more. Impact Wrestling will also be represented with LAX, Brian Cage, and Sammy Callahan. Special guest appearances include Diamond Dallas Page, Mick Foley, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Rey Mysterio Jr., Raven, Pat Patterson, Noel Foley, SoCal Val, James Ellsworth, Melissa Santos, Busted Open Radio, Keep It 100 Podcast, Killing the Town Podcast, Unprofessional Wrestling Show, Behind the Dark Podcast. Music guests include Corey Trainer, Fozzie, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. The Stir, Cherry Bombs, Shoot to Thrill, Blizzard of Oz, and Dave Spivey Project. There's still limited rooms available on Norwegian Jade. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com to see how you can be a part of this great voyage at sea. My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. Are you looking to get your own Scumbags of Wrestling t-shirt or the Scumbags podcast t-shirt? Well, look no further than our friends over at Twisted Tees at TwistedTeesMerch.com. Since their company launched in 2006, they've become one of the top screen printers known for their large, colorful, high detailed prints. Their theory behind what they decide to print is simple. It's about keeping it real and taking you back to your early years, browsing through endless movies at your local video store, only to be sucked in by the very intriguing cover art. Even if the movie itself wasn't so great, it's that original cover that will always remain locked inside your head. Over the years, they've become even more creative with introducing limited edition designs. With the amazing feedback they received from their Warriors and Zombies hoodies, as well as their button-up work shirts, they will bring you even more one-of-a-kind designs. All of their products are screen-printed and embroidered directly in their shop. They don't use any outside sources to produce their goods, nor do they use cheap iron-ons. They guarantee heads will turn when you wear Twisted Tees to your next outing. Twisted Tees also provides printing for Kill Effect, Shock Stock, Monsters of Schlock, Shadow uh, Windbrook, and 
Vagrancy Films. So look out for Twisted Tees online, once again, at TwistedTeesMerch.com and get your own Scumbags of Wrestling t-shirt for just $25. I'd like to thank everybody who appeared on this show and for everybody who's taken the time to listen to this show. Special shout out to Kill Effect and Jason Watts who have provided our opening theme for since the beginning. You can find Kill Effect online and over on Spotify. Be sure to support all of our people that we advertise here, whether it's London Comic Con, helping out with Cody Diener's Giver for Charity, checking out Tyson Dukes' Wrestling School. You can also find us online at scumbags.ca with an updated website coming very soon, along with our presence on Facebook with the Scumbags of Wrestling group, and on Twitter at Scumbags Canada. There's a lot of exciting news and events coming soon and we hope to cover it all even taking some road trips whether it be to toronto for impact smash in woodstock or even smash here in london plus the super showdown event at the end of this month we'll be providing as much coverage as we can possibly do so thank you for joining us and if there's anything you'd like to add or see added, send us a question, a comment, a remark, a compliment. That would be awesome. Either way, we want to know how we can continue entertaining you and what more content you would like to see. Until next time, have a good one. of loudmouth scumbags that just want attention. Your mouths.